Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners, welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Jennifer Burson. She is the president and founder of Generation PR, an award-winning public relations and social media marketing firm specializing in promoting beauty, baby, and lifestyle brands. Jen's retainer clients range from small and mid-sized brands to multi-billion dollar publicly traded companies and everything in between. Welcome to the program, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm curious, Jen, uh, can you get, like, let's zoom out from your agency and paint us a picture of what your agency is today. Like, how many people do you have working uh, on your team? And what does a typical engagement look like? So our agency is structured in a way where we bring in freelancers, but our freelancers are typically mostly focused on us and our clients. And they are, you know, 10, 12, 15 years in the PR space. So they're all very established, very senior. And we're able to work with these people, you know, for years, I mean, decade, like a decade, I've been running my business for 16 years, and I've had some of the same freelancers the whole time. And so we know what we're able to offer clients, what kind of results we can deliver based on the kinds of niches we focus on and the people that we work with. So we offer PR services, which is like digital media, earned media, essentially mostly focused on digital outlets these days. And we also offer influencer programs. Typically, our clients will give us a small budget um, and we're managing a monthly budget or a quarterly budget. We also do celebrity outreach, a little bit less of the in-demand service these days, but we actually have one client that is coming to us just for that. And we also offer social media, which is content creation, strategy, and execution. So we typically have two teams that support those services. So we have on the PR side, that's where my you know, tried and true, really seasoned PR professionals come in. And those are the, uh, the members of the team that are managing the influencer partnerships. And then if we have a client that wants social media services, we're usually contracting with an independent social media manager and a photo team. Uh, and that would have a studio and props and, you know, a way that we have a workflow set up in order to, you know, be able to create a large number of assets in a cost-effective way. And we've had tricky clients like retailers that have, you know, hundreds of products and we'll have to narrow in on, let's say, 30 products a month and plan those shoots way, way far in advance and get those products sent by the client or sent by their 
brands that they're selling. So those, those uh, engagements are trickier. Um, but typically we have two teams that come on board depending on what services a client wants. And we are working on a minimum six month engagement on a retainer. We don't do anything hourly. <laughs> it's like, a, you know, or even project based these days, it's mostly six month minimum retainers. I kind of reject the hourly dollars for hours, tracking and tracing hours. It's my remnant as, you know, from being an attorney and rejecting (laughs) the whole concept of billable hours and tracking my hours. It's my one rebellion and I'm, I refuse. I will not even consider how long things take, you know, it's just get as much done and as quick as possible and try to, you know, have a lot of margin built in for those retainers. And that's how our business is structured. Jen, a lot of our audience is running some kind of digital agency. Some of them are out there doing PR. Some of them are doing a lot of digital marketing, web shops. But I think a lot of our audience you know, might not actually know kind of what PR is. Like where does you know PR start and marketing, you know, where does marketing stop and PR begin? And I think, I mean, I, and I'm not saying they don't know what PR is, but I think now with social media, with access to influencers, like the media landscape has changed so much totally, in yeah. the last 10 years. Like like 10 years ago or 20 years ago, PR would have been, hey, get me on Forbes or get me on, you know, this, which there's probably still some of that there. Like what is PR to you today being in this field? So what clients come to us for and what PR in my agency is, is earned media. So it's unpaid media placements. We are telling compelling stories, convincing editors to consider and cover our clients. We're looking to get those true editorial features in online publications, print publications, TV, get our clients on podcasts. There are, when you pitch for earned media, there are times when you will get kind of foisted onto onto an advertising team. And I'm laughing because Foisted, we just watched Curb Your Enthusiasm with my husband and there was a like super funny episode where there was a foisting of an undesirable employee and I'm cracking myself up because my husband and I all day long are like, I foisted this person onto this, you know, anyway, you will get foisted onto the advertising agency. No, I, I feel like I just, I just learned a word today. I'm going to, I'm going to try to foist or avoid foisting maybe. I don't know. Well, I think, yeah, you want to like pay attention if somebody's trying to offload somebody that's not so great and it's their way. Anyway, it was a super, super clever, funny episode of Curb. We're watching all the old Curb episodes for probably the third time. Still just as funny, but um yeah, it, you'll you'll get referred out to advertising or pay-to-play opportunities. And that's pretty common nowadays. Back when I started, I feel like I'm selling like an old lady when I say that. But back in my day, when we started, there was like a total separation of advertising and editorial. And there wasn't any real like visual of impropriety of crossing that line and favoring advertisers. Now it's like all about advertising um, in terms of you know, pay over here and get some editorial as kind of a bonus. So sometimes we are competing against the big, ad, you know, big brands um, without a huge bonus. So it really takes a compelling product, a compelling story angle, a really solid pitch, really timely, really relevant pitch um, to in order to kind of cut through the noise there. But that's what PR is these days for us. It it ends up working out to be a lot of digital media features. So, you know, thinking about like even print magazines that are monthly, there's just one opportunity. You got to work so far in advance. 
and the retail space, you know, it's like limited, right? Like the space is limited there. Um, whereas digital outlets for a print magazine have so many more editorial opportunities. So you're, you know, they're turning over content more often and you also get the benefit of a direct link, you know, either to your website or to an affiliate where that publication can get affiliate revenue for referring your product. And affiliate, this was a huge topic of discussion today on one of our coaching calls for a program I run called the Pitch Lab, where we really focus on how to create timely, relevant story angles. And we want our PR pros to be extremely confident in their pitching skills and be able to position their services to be the you know top of the line in the market and command really high retainers. So we teach them how to be pitching powerhouses. But this came up on this coaching call about affiliates, just how it's a complete factor these days, especially in my world where we're pitching products. You have to have a way for editors to be able to make affiliate revenue by, it's actually not the editors, but the publication or an influencer but they have right. to be able to earn. You'll see those list stories with just tons and tons of products, like the top 25 hidden gems on Amazon. That's all about affiliate revenue. And the secret there is that they get the full transaction value of the cart. So they recommend my clients like, you know, cuticle serum, and then they put it in their cart and they purchase a 75 inch TV. And now that <laughs> they're getting the full transaction. So it's quite lucrative especially in a challenging advertising landscape where, you know, the, the ad dollars are kind of shifting elsewhere um, towards influencers. Hey, what's up agency owners, Brent here. And I'm gonna rant for a quick second about Google Analytics. I don't know about you all, but I find that platform so difficult sometimes. I was in a meeting with a client and they asked some basic questions about their website and funnel performance. And we hadn't set up all of their goals just perfectly to answer every possible question. And we weren't able to give them that answer. And I really felt like we were flat-footed. Like we had all this data, but we didn't actually have the insights that we need. A friend of mine sent me a link to a new tool called Oribi. And I have to say, I've been blown away at this new analytics platform, how intuitive it is, the fact that you don't have to have a developer to set things up, the fact that data is retroactive and you can ask questions of the platform that you didn't set up ahead of time which makes you look like a rock star with your clients because your clients are going to ask 10 questions. And then when you give them those answers, they're going to ask 10 more questions. So you want to be able to show your clients cool results, but you also want to show your clients really succinct insights when it comes to their marketing performance, their website performance, their campaigns, their traffic spends, all of that kind of stuff. So look, if you're interested to learn more, I definitely recommend checking out Oribi. Go to oribi.io, that's O-R-I-B-I.io, and because you're all amazing listeners of the Digital Agency Show, they're hooking us up 20% off your first three months. If you go to oribi.io slash yougurus or use the code yougurus on their website. So check them out, oribi.io. Let's get back to our program. So, so do you view like affiliates example? I mean, that's kind of breaking the 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 line though, right? Between like true earned media and... And, yeah. and not right because I mean I think earned media is like somebody sees a great story, yeah, and they're like publishing it for the value of the content and of the story. 
Um, and I think once, and we all have probably participated on the internet where we read the top 10, whatever, and we're thinking, oh, these are the top 10, right? Like they must have, you know, gone out and done copious amounts of research or whatever. And really it's just, you know, the top 10 best affiliate offers, right? I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, how, how has that changed things for people that are in, in PR that there's, there is some kind of ad dollars and there is a little bit of money that does flow. Like, is that really earned media still? Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Meaning we are not paying for that placement. It is a factor and it's like, it's a game and we have to play it. And this is one of the rules that's changed. You know, freelancers, editors, journalists, public, you know, publishers will say, you know, it has to have some kind of affiliate link because they're trying to generate revenue. So you still have to have a compelling pitch, a great product. And we're noticing too clients that have products with really good reviews and a sort of good price point for the item. Readers are more likely to put that item in their cart because it's already pre-vetted. It's pre-vetted by the publication and the, you know, uh, the customers on Amazon or wherever they're seeing those reviews. So it becomes a factor and it's one more element that can work to our advantage or work against us if the client doesn't have it. Um, this is a conversation we're having even on sales calls with clients, letting them know the factors that are going to set us up for success in promoting their brand. And, you know, we need access to samples. We need high resolution product photography on a white background. Lifestyle images is a bonus. You know, a great website that's really comprehensive and has a lot of, you know, things answered if editors have questions. And some way for them to be able to link out and get affiliate revenue. It just is the way it is now. So I can see where it might, the the lines definitely are blurred. And maybe, you know, the products aren't necessarily the ones like they're doing all of their research. That's why working with certain people is important because there are certain experts and certain publications where their readers really trust them and what they're recommending. And there's that genuine connection. So once you see someone that's just like shilling a bunch of crap over and over, (laughs) and you know, one day they're like, I, this Samsung refrigerator is amazing. And this deodorant's amazing. And everything's amazing. It's like, this all is not amazing. You are just getting paid to talk about this and you don't trust that person anymore. So it has to be genuine. It has to align with their editorial focus. You know, all of that is important. So that's up to us to try to find the right outlets where we're going to reach the target customer and where the the audience is going to see that this is a brand and a, a referring site they can trust and not just someone that's just promoting a bunch of unrelated junk because they're getting paid. Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, you mentioned it's a, it's a game, and I think that yeah. <laughs> some people that I know really well that have been involved in the PR space, I mean, some people understand that and they play it and they play to win for their clients. Some people, I think, have a hard time with that, and I think a lot of people that don't, you know, even thinking about one of the the core tenets of our program of teaching agency owners how to 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 grow that grow and scale their business is to help them become an authority in their market and. You know, I don't ever really call it PR, but we teach them how to go out and find publications, find yep. influencers, find strategic partners, and to visibility. get some content out there, right? Yeah. Get some visibility yeah. um, out there. And 
you know, a lot of people think like, oh, the people that are blogging, they're the ones that the blog approached them and recruited them to write. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The person contacted them relentlessly and, you know. And <laughs> Entrepreneur, Inc., Fast Company, they all have these councils now where you are not just pitching them, you're paying them. And people are promoting it like, oh, I've been selected to be in the Forbes Council, and they make this big deal about it. Essentially, you're paying them $3,000 or more to have the opportunity to write contributor content, and then they position you as an expert. It's another revenue stream for these outlets. Um, and I know they do have a vetting process, but you're right. It's not just like, wow, you're the sought after expert. And they came to you and they said, please share your wisdom. You're <laughs> pitching those story angles. But now a lot of them are actually paying to have the opportunity mm. to contribute that content. So I think it's a little deceptive. I've seen people that are like, I've been selected. And it's like, yeah, but you're paying for that, you know? I, and I, it's hard. I, and I, I, I want to get to to another question here uh, yeah. in a second about kind of, you know, what's driven you in, into this industry? Because I, I think all, I mean, all marketing, you know, there's that saying like every, you know, everything is great until marketers ruin it or whatever, you know. Um, Clubhouse, no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Clubhouse, Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. the internet. Yeah. But I think what I the takeaway, and maybe you have comments or maybe some tactics that you can give our listeners on this around helping them to get visibility. I think the takeaway or the thing that I've I've kind of tried to instill people in is that you have an incredible amount of control around the awareness that you get, and nobody's ever going to come to you and say, "I want," you know, maybe after you get a ton of visibility, right? But nobody's ever really going to come to you and say, please write for our thing or please come and get interviewed for our podcast. Like a lot of it is getting out there and, and pitching and realizing that like step one is realizing it is a game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, step two is choosing to play yep. the game. And you can choose not to play the yeah. game uh, for sure. But any tips on how at the small level, because you work with some amazingly big brands, but like if I'm a five person agency and I have, I'm an expert in something, right? I'm a custom web development shop and I'm, you know, we're gurus on some kind of, you know, tech stack. I mean, how can I go out there and get visibility to let people know about this leveraging PR? Yeah. Um, it's always frustrating when you see your competitors getting featured in the media and interviewed on podcasts. And you're like, what the F? I've been around a lot longer. I know a lot more. I've done more things. They're reaching out and going for it. And you have to keep in mind the worst that can happen is they'll say no. Most of the times you got to, you know, it's like, it's like a lotto. You got to be in it to win it. You got to actually be in the game in order to get the results. So a lot of people are intimidated. They think that, um, you know, let's just say editors to just sort of cover everybody who's a media gatekeeper. They think that the editors are annoyed by hearing from them. But the reality is they have to write content. They have to cover topics that are relevant to their audience, their readership, the editorial focus of that publication. So they're looking for interesting stories to tell. So the key is you have to position something that's the right fit for their audience and the right fit for what they cover. It's like not all writers at Fast Company are the right fit for you, even though you want to be on Fast Company. You have to really focus in on who's writing the content, where you see yourself fitting in. And what I try to tell people in order to 
eliminate overwhelm because there's so much opportunity out there. And when you start to think about all of the places you could be, you could pitch, what you could be pitching to them, it's very overwhelming. So we start small. We really think about, you know, I try to tell people just start to pay attention to that feeling you get when you're reading a publication or listening to a podcast when you think like, oh yeah, I could talk on that topic or they really should, I could contribute to this discussion or I should really, you know, they should know about me. Start to pay attention to that and like maybe even keep a list or like a running note in your phone. And those are the outlets that are a good fit for you. It's what you listen to, what you consume, where you feel you can add value and where you think your target audience is listening as well. So that's the start. And I say, go for five, three to five, just narrow it down and start to look at who's writing the content, who's contributing in what way to the articles that resonate with you. Like find the writers that are writing the content where you are a good fit. And then just go deep, like look at all their content. Some of these outlets, you can actually click on the writer and it'll just give you like a running list of everything they've contributed and start to pay attention to what they're up to. And then the next thing I would do is just engage with them, share their content on social media, you know, maybe intro it in a way on Twitter. People still use Twitter, journalists like Twitter um, and mention them and say, oh, tip number three was a game changer for me and start to engage so your name starts to seem familiar and you familiarize yourself with their work. And then when you feel ready, you can send a short, sweet, strategic, targeted pitch. That means that you are not sending a mass pitch. They will not read them. If they see it as a mass pitch, hey, journalist, like delete and you will not get responded to. You are in the game with hundreds of other people. I had a Forbes writer tell me and a Huffington Post writer that covered women in business. She told me she got 75 to hundred good pitches every single day. So think about where you are, you know, throwing your hat in the ring and how you can stand out. So you've been on this writer social. Did they just recently, you know, travel to Machu Picchu? Probably not because we're in a pandemic, but if you've gone to Machu Picchu and you saw they hiked Huayna Picchu and you can say, oh my God, I like live vicariously and remembered my amazing trip. That was so awesome. Your photos were great. That person's going to pay attention. Like, oh, this person knows what I'm up to. They're really like, this pitch is just for me. It's not a mass pitch. And then you give them an idea for how to include yourself, your expertise. What's a problem you solve? What is a challenge you've overcome and how did you do it? What kind of results did you get for yourself or your clients? And how can others have the same results too? What problem can you help them solve? How can you inspire their audience? That's it. Just something simple. And just write it in a bullet. Don't even like give a whole pitch or write the whole article and just end short and sweet. Like stress, I can't stress that enough. And end with a call to action. Like what is the next step this person has to take in order to move this thing along? What do they do? How do they get in touch with you? And you know, from there you can follow up. And I would say, don't think that no response means they're not interested. A lot of times it's sitting in their inbox and they're like, oh my God, I meant to get back to you. Um, They're overwhelmed. We use a a tracker on Google. Um, I can look and tell you what it's called. What do we call this? Hunter, mail tracker. Anyway, it's free. And I can see if they've opened it and they've opened it multiple times. Like it's sitting in their inbox. It's not deleted, open once and sorted to the garbage. 
So check back in. I would say in our agency, I don't know, 90% of our our press mentions come in the follow-up. So don't feel like you're annoying them. Don't be annoying. Like, you know that there are those people who are like, was it something I said? Like, those people are the worst. Don't be that. Just check in and be normal and be like, just be cool. <laughs> like, can I get you more information? Or, oh, by the way, here's another, um, you know, d- development in this story that I thought might be interesting. And, you know, follow up two times and then move on to someone else. But it's about, you know, persistence and passionately sharing what you have to offer, knowing you're offering value to that publication and their readers and that writer, what they cover. If you feel like it's a good fit, it's a good fit. And just keep at it until something lands. That's how I'd go about it. Jen, I think you just dropped massive (laughs) value for our listeners. I'm just going over my notes. I'm like, all right, three to five publications, Go deep to follow them, uh, pay attention to what they're up to, engage with them, send them a short, sweet, targeted, personalized yeah. pitch, give them some, give them a idea, or two. maybe start a conversation yeah. or two, keep it short and, uh, and then give them that call to action and then, you know, follow up a couple of times and, and be cool. Boom. Be Boom. Cool. Everybody's cool. That's it. Be cool. And I sent a publication, a, I hadn't heard back from a long time and I, uh, and one, I just like threw a, a, a funny like cat gif in there. I was like, that's my last, that's like my last, ditch like, effort, you know, yeah. uh, last ditch effort is like, I start throwing memes and that's like, I don't know. I don't know if that's common in the PR world. I'm not in PR personally, but I have been published a few times. And, uh, you know, I, I'm like, when all else fails, I'm going to send, I'm going to send cat gifts. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's e, the number two, m, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. But I think that's important because I feel like that process that you just went, took us through is so approachable for people. And I think there's a group of people that just has never tried. And the, there, there's an assumption being made that, you know, I don't have anything to add to the conversation. And I, and I, I view it as like, hey, if you've been if anybody's ever paid you money to do a service or to, to, to do something for them, like there's obviously value in what you do. Yeah. And I'm sure people would, could learn from that. Well, one thing I'm I'll, curious, say, um, I'll say just to like put a little kind of cherry on top of that Sunday is like, yeah, it's a mindset thing, right? You feel like you're annoying or you're not enough of an expert. You're not established enough. What this does for you and your business and your profile, your ability to charge more, it's it's major, right? Clients seek you out when you have this kind of visibility in your business. So it is worth trying, absolutely. And all of these people that you view as experts pitched and went out for it before they were ready. And the media covering them and citing them for their expertise is what makes them seem like experts in your mind. So you know, pitch before you're ready, just go for it. And it's like, you, you have nothing to lose and you are not annoying. I mean, you can be annoying to these people. Absolutely. But you can't go into it with that mindset. It's like, this is their job is to receive pitches from 
PR professionals or entrepreneurs that had interesting stories to tell. And just having success in one thing that you can say, I went from this to this, and this is how I did it. That's relevant, you know, to the right thing. It's teaching somebody how to have a similar outcome. So go for it. You know, just know you're not annoying. It's a mindset thing. I love that takeaway of pitch before you're ready. And I feel like I've been able to see a lot of people. I feel like today, I don't know if it's because of the access to social media. I mean, I think more people today are able to get out from, you know, small, you know, small businesses, micro businesses, small agencies, and in in general, and share their story and get engagement and, you know, become like, influencers within their little kingdoms, right? Mm-hmm. Their little their little communities of people that they support. Um, and I think that more people learning how to do what you do, uh, you know, from you and, and around you is something that I think is just so cool because I think people can help more people through it. And I'm sure that's a big reason of why you do um, what, you're do- what you do. Mm-hmm. Jen, are you ready for our lightning round? I think. Let's see. Let's give it a whirl. I don't know. <laughs> You saw how hard it was for me to come up with the four words that you included on the lower third or whatever. Like, let's see the not so lightning round. <laughs> all right, we'll 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 work together so on this on one. All right. So, <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, uh, less Jen equals more money. So it was right after I stopped practicing law and started this business. And I just always had that salary of like, you know, a fourth year associate. Like that was my target. As soon as I could hit that salary, that revenue in my business, and then, you know, surpass it, then I was like, cool that I made the decision to leave law. But I realized that I was trying to hoard and hold on to every dollar and, um, One of my early mentors was the head of the entrepreneurship program at USC Business School. My husband was enrolled in business school there at the time. And he sat with me and was like, if you hold on to every dollar, it means you're in the day-to-day running your business. Less Jen equals more money. You've got to work to, you know, elevate your role. He said finders, minders, and grinders, but now it's like visionary and integrator. But that was the best advice. And as soon as I hired somebody and took the things off my plate that were like in the drudgery zone for me, my revenue like tripled in a year. So that was the best piece of advice. Less Jen equals more money. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Delegating. (laughs) Is that a personal habit? Um, Yeah, like realizing that um, I can it goes back to that point of, you know, having people step in and do the work. I like to do certain things and I just despise doing other things in my business. And I'm willing to bring in the right people, pay them, delegate to them, not micromanage them and just let them do what they do and create an environment for them to be successful. But, um, you know, delegating things out. And that's also like in my personal life too, you know, just, I mean, I, I like we, I want to spend, my time is the most important thing. I want to spend time with my family. And that means that I'm not the one like doing the laundry and folding the laundry on the weekends and having somebody support me in my house um, is just such a, a gift because it means I get to spend more time doing the things I love with the people I love. So for me, it's, you know, delegating and only focusing on the things that I love to do. 
Can you share an internet resource, a tool, or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable? I bet other people have mentioned this a gazillion times, but I love Canva so much. Canva.com. It's a just completely intuitive graphic design program that for a new business owner just starting out, you can create beautiful branded um, social media posts and marketing materials. And it just keeps getting better and better. We use it for presentations. I have created custom Canva templates that we have inside of my programs that we have used to land our billion-dollar clients, like multi-five-figure multi monthly retainers with this exact template. And we put it in Canva and our audience can use it and customize it. And I just noticed a new feature they have that's um, where you drop in a picture and then you can eliminate the background and turn it into like a movable PNG. So we're doing a bunch of stuff now where we're layering images. And um, honestly, I'm using it personally. Like I needed to figure out some design things in a room and put in a picture of the new couch and was putting pillows on the couch and seeing how they look together. And um, it was just super cool. So it's been an absolute game changer for me. We're creating press clips for our clients. I do them manually. It takes me one minute. They look so awesome. And our press clip books have been shared at like shareholder meetings for publicly traded companies to show what kind of results um, or visibility that the brands are getting. So the, And they're not editing them. They're just taking what we put together. So they're like beautifully edited, simple, easy. And it's for me been a total, total game changer in my business. Very nice. And last lightning round question, what book would you recommend and why? God, I hate the book question. I don't know why I hate the book question. Because I don't know, I just feel like there's so many business books and I'm like, I don't know, because they're, to me, business books focus on one piece that um, solves one problem. So it's hard. I love Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, I love Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, it's so hard for me. I'm reading Obama's book right now. I don't know. It's so hard. I don't know why the, I don't know why the book question like really stumps me. I can't, it's hard for me to say one book and I'm honestly not an, a voracious reader and I wish I had a go-to. I still am searching for my go-to one book that I need to recommend. Like if it's like, you know, the, the alchemist, which I, I don't know, like I just, there's this new book. I have to think of what it's something like with the horse and the boy and the, it's like a illustrated book. It's beautiful we got it for the kids. It's just stacked full of lessons. Um, I'm not done with it. My kids were getting very emotional reading it. Anyway, um, that's probably going to be my book because it's just a different sort of out there. And every page is like a, like, hmm, makes you think kind of lesson told in the context of like a beautifully illustrated children's book. Well, we will link out to Atomic Habits. We will link out to Gino's book, Traction. Big fans of that. We'll link out to Obama's book, The Alchemist, and we will find the name of that book about the horse and a boy, and we will link to that in our show notes. So if you're all listening to this program, if you're on the road, if you're on the run, uh, on a run, or like me, on your bike, go to yougurus.com slash podcast. If you listen to this week of, you'll see Jen's photo up there right at the top. Click on her photo, and you'll see all these awesome takeaways from today's episode, some of the uh, some of the lists about how to get PR for your for your business, also 
how to make more money with less Jen or insert your name here. I need to figure out how to make more money with less Brett. We're going to figure it out. So we'll link out to all those book, uh, all those book links at yougurus.com. I got you it. You got it? The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie McKezzie. And it's just a great book. Like uh, 70,000 five-star ratings on Amazon. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. <laughs> I will personally buy that. Read it with yeah. my boys. Thank you for the yes. recommendation. We'll include a link to that in the show notes if you're interested in that book and the lots of other books and sh- and great takeaways. Just take take a look at that at our show notes. Jen, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out? Yeah, so we have uh, profitablepropros.com, which is a hub of resources for PR professionals, agency owners, We have a ton of free resources on there. Go to the resources page. There's a couple free downloadable resources. um, And then, you know, kind of figuring out how to get into our more in-depth content. But, um, and we also have a Facebook group, Profitable PR Pros, and I'm all over social media. My agency name is Generation PR with a J. So I'm at Generation PR on Instagram and that's the best way to find me. Awesome. We will link out to Profitable PR Pros as well as uh, Generation PR in our show notes. We'll also link out to your free Facebook group and all of your social media profiles. So if you <laughs> want to become a mega fan of everything that Jen's doing, then uh, check out our show notes, yougurus.com slash podcast. And all of those resources are going to be all in one place. You can get everything that you need about Jen, about how to succeed with everything that she is doing. So that's amazing. Thank you for, for sharing that with our audience. Jen, thank you so much for stopping by the program today. Thank you so much for having me here. It's so awesome to talk to somebody that is connecting with agency owners. Like we're talking to talk and it's just, it's my jam. I love it. Well, happy to have you here. And that is our program for this week of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale the multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.